though. That's that's that's, that's true. So um, no. So I've so, got. Um, I don't know if you know this. Uh-oh. Uh oh. The the show just started, by the way. Um, uh, I, I always assume. That. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know? If I told you, I'm going to tell you two. Well, I was. I would say if I was prepped, I would do two truths and a lie. But I'm just going to tell you the truth. Did you have you seen the Star Wars Holiday Special, the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special? The one from last year? Yeah, last year. Yes, at that time I did. I haven't watched it since, but yeah. I forgot because I was searching for like Star Wars Holiday music to play on the show to start the show. Obviously, not that successfully because I just started the show without an intro. And um, did you remember that there's an entire two minute seventeen second song <coughs> excuse me a song about um uh, well jingle bells but in hutties uh vaguely i don't remember much of it of the show now but no what i wouldn't hear it you know this one all right, so you got- <laughs> I love it. You know this one. <laughs> yeah, that one. Sing along, everyone. <laughs> Everybody. No. But that's just the first part. It gets more interesting because I feel like he did a good intro, but then Kelly Marie Tran jumps in. Because if there's like one place where Rose actually gets some screen time, <laughs> it's on the Star Wars Lego holiday special. And then she gets... I'm going to say, there's some decent pitch control. Why do I not remember this? <laughs> I, I didn't. I, I swear I was, fell in a coma because I don't remember this at all. So, so if you thought that you're like, okay, you got the bit now, 30 seconds in, they're not done. So now we've got the uh, chorus into the first verse, and now we're back into the chorus. Now... We are not. We are just now crossing the one minute mark into this song, Bruce. Mm, it feels longer than We're, that. <laughs> it feels so much longer. Right. All right. Yep. Yeah, we. All right. We. We got the. Nope. Nope. We got an interlude. A big old jazz big band <laughs> interlude. <laughs> Nice little reference there to Zori Bliss. Come on now! Old romance. Billy Williams. Everybody. 
looking at? Ladies and gents, it is the Star Wars Report Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Blanton, joined once again by my good friend and yours, Mr. Bruce Gibson. Welcome to the program, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I I don't know why I blocked that song out of my memory. I'm just looking it up right now to think, is this real? Why don't I remember it? Now I'm watching some of it. I kind of remember it. (laughs) Well, my part is just like right at the very end, Billy freaking d williams and but they only got him to do like the tiniest tiny portion because you know that's the only cue card they could get him to like he's not singing this entire song you're not giving the entire lyrics to joe blasto <laughs> to billy d williams <laughs> you know it's uh the end of the year folks and we are here to do a retrospective on 2021 the best of the worst of the 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 middle ground actually i made a whole section on the uh, show notes bruce just called chaotic neutral of the year like i have best of worst worst of chaos because i don't have like meh feelings about star wars i usually dislike it like it or in this case i have it's like all up and all down like We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But Bruce, Bruce I'm excited. We're, we're going to jump uh, straight into all that. Although I did want to um, touch on Bad Batch here at the opening <coughs> because um, that, is, that is what we're... That honestly, I think is going to be my highlight of the year, but it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> you know, when you reached out to me the other day and said this was the topic... I was trying to think back on things and I was like, what am I missing? And I look back and I was like, oh, Hmm. the Bad Batch. Honestly, I swear to you, I was thinking Bad Batch was last year. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, it feels like forever ago. Like, it does not feel like it just ended like a few months ago. No. I don't know why. But for me, in my head, it feels like forever ago. And and you're right. It would be a highlight for me. But I, I, I can't believe it's. It's only been a few months. I know. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of on the runway of the end of the year. We're, we're going to do um, best of the year. We're going to look ahead at um, 2022 in next week's episode. Um, and then we will also have uh, kind of a tradition I started last year, but uh, we're going to do a best of the show uh, right, right over for uh, Christmas week as we get, as we get towards Christmas. So it's going to be a good time. Um, it's it's been an interesting year. It's been an interesting year in Star Wars, but this isn't really. A, I didn't put it in the best of the year because it's really the only news story I want to talk about, which is the latest on Book of Boba Fett. So right after Thanksgiving last week, they re- they've been releasing um, a bunch of teasers. I haven't been watching all the TV spots because I know that when these things come kind of fast and furious, they can start to get a little spoilery and show you like a lot, especially from the first episodes. I remember that was the case with Mandalorian, um, yeah. but they released um, new character posters and. I want to play this kind of final two TV spots that, that I've been seeing on social media and uh, they've just posted them to their uh, channel, the uh, YouTube channel as well. But new character posters that are looking pretty good. It's a visual thing. I won't break it down, but I, I'm a fan of the character poster. And uh, December 29th is the day it debuts. <coughs> but Br- I have not seen these posters. I have not... Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a cool desert Tatooine background, but you get a much more detailed look at uh, sort of I would say what I'm calling the the black jumpsuit Boba Fett. It's, yes, it's an interesting look. It definitely puts a different twist on the character. It makes him recognizable, but certainly different 
than um, than we've known before. Which is good, you know. We're evolving him because he's evolved. I'm, I I just found the posters now, yeah. so I'm looking at it now. Yeah. But yeah, it's in some. I mean, I want him to look like the old Boba Fett, but you know, he's been through some changes himself, so he, his look mm-hmm. should change a little too. Yep. No, I, absolutely, and I think that'll be reflected in the series. I I fully expect that, and we get a a pretty good look. Uh, at mercenary Finnick Shand as well. They're definitely she's she's been at the center of the marketing a lot. So I think this is maybe not buddy cop level, but they're definitely setting her up, uh, Mingna Wen's character, which I'm very excited about because we got all too little of her in the Mandalorian. But I honestly like I've already I've already talked about how I've been I'm naturally hyped for Boba Fett just because of the project. If I'm honest, Bruce, I haven't seen it's nothing I've seen. Maybe maybe the teaser at the very end of the Mandalorian season two that was pretty awesome. That that really hooked me initially. Yeah. But there's been no, none of these teasers or trailers have really um, sucked me in until these like little TV spots. These little TV spots have actually really, really I think um, outdone any of the previous marketing or previous trailers that we've had so far. Let's take a look at number one, which is called Message, the Book of Boba Fett on Disney Plus. I am Boba Fett. Classic line. Left for dead on the sands of Tatooine. Jabba ruled with fear. I intend to rule with respect. The Book of Boba Fett, streaming December 29th on Disney+. Plus. Come on. So here's the, the interesting things. And in, just in this 32nd spot, we have the opening line, which... I am Boba Fett. From the holiday special. The first words ever uttered on screen. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he's, I am Boba Fett. Um, yeah. so it's a, a nice little, little reference there. We see a, a couple of new shots. The main one I want to talk to is we got, we got back to tank Boba going on. Yeah. Um, I see now this is the stuff. See, this is just the stuff of legend pun slightly intended. Uh, but to see the, I, I want to see it. I want to see the flashback. I want to see the gauntlet hand clutch the desert sand crawling out of the sarlacc pit that's what i want to see i'm very excited about it do you think we're do you think we'll see it though i I know you want to see it but do you think we'll see it i'm not sure i will i would be a very because even tomorrow morrison in some recent interviews they did empire magazine did a did a a feature on it and he was talking about we've always wondered you know what happened to boba fett you know after the salad how he survived and like you're not you're not taught you're not drumming up excitement about that if that's not in the series right that's at least that's my thought on it yeah you know i mean i'll be cool if i mean if they show it great but in some ways i like the mystery of him like i've seen I i've seen that argument know how he got out i've seen that argument and the same thing applied to boba fett and attack of the clones like seeing him as a kid i know were you disappointed in attack of the clones when they revealed boba fett's backstory and, and uh, changed it from the expanded mm, universe yeah not not really but I, I still here. think i would have liked him to be more mysterious yeah you know, I mean, it's like, at least it was like, okay, so now we know he, how he's connected to the clones and not, okay, so there's some connection there. But 
I think it would have been cool just to introduce Jango without Boba, and then Boba shows up later in the original trilogy and make you wonder, like, wait, how is Boba? Is Boba connected to Jango? You know, like, just... Like, just keep those mysteries in there where you're not really getting all the answers. Hmm. It's interesting because I've heard that argument. I just, I, I don't know why, but I've always been fascinated by the bounty hunters and wanted to know more since I was a kid and, and read the, uh, the Tales of the Bounty Hunters book. So I, maybe it's just, this is, I have to recognize, maybe this is just a me thing. Um, well, it's, it's, not, it's not so much that I don't want to know. It's more that I want little hints but not get the full story. Like again, okay, he survived the Sarlacc pit. Okay. He could even make a comment, you know, like when I shot my way out of there or whatever, something like that, but never see it, never really get all the details of it. You just know little bits and pieces and you kind of fill it in with your own head cannon, you know? Yeah. That's what makes it, again, a little mysterious. Like we don't know everything about him. He's, he's dodgy. He doesn't always give us all the answers. Hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the mystery is an important element to the character. Um, I, I, although I, I think uh, we, we can still preserve mystery while still uh, telling the, the Sarlacc escape story. To me, I, I don't know why, but to me, it's a, it's a must. Because um, I, th- I, I think, um, and, and the way the story in the, in the Tales of the Bounty Hunter books unfolds, it's um, Dengar and Boba have this kind of have this history of competition and even kind of hatred of each other for a while. But at one point, according to a bounty hunter code, uh, Boba Fett saves his life um, yeah. in the events leading up to Return of the Jedi. Uh, and reluctantly, Dengar uh, realizes that he owes him he owes him the same. And when he hears rumors, Dengar hears rumors from the, uh, and this is, this, I may be completely misremembering this. This is what stuck in my head of something I read as a teenager, you know, 15 years ago. But, um, he hears the rumors that he survived or might be able to survive. And while Boba Fett was able to, through sheer will, um, crawl his way out of the Sarlacc where in a way no one else had before, he was going to die in the desert alone. And it was Dengar who, uh, who discovered him. And, uh, it was Dengar, but it may not be this time. And so for, for me, I, I don't, I definitely don't need to see that story on the screen, but I think what that story revealed was that I think, um, it gave some, um, complexity to the character, which I think was good. I actually think that the Mandalorian Din Din Djarin's, um, mysteriousness, how little we knew about him. I mean, we got that little glimpse of his childhood, but how little we know about him also translates to how little we know about what motivates him and makes him a more difficult character to connect with sometimes. I think I think mystery can sometimes if you're if it's a lead character can translate to difficult to relate to if you go if it goes too far. So I think it worked it worked it worked for Boba Fett as a bounty hunter side character in Empire Strikes Back, but for like a series on the character, I think we definitely have to delve into his history and what motivates him a little bit more. Or he still stays somewhat mysterious and Fennec Shand is the one that we relate to more and we relate to seeing Boba mm. through her eyes and maybe she's the one who helped him escape the Sarlacc pit, you know? That'd be interesting, yeah. And I think there's the uh, there are some opportunities there. There's a lot of ways to crumble this cookie. 
Well, and then I also think it, that Jar Jar Binks showed up <laughs> to the Sarlacc pit no, and no. was going to rescue right, Boba, right, but fell right. in, and then the then it wanted to spit them out. Mm. And when it spit Jar Jar out, Boba came out. So Boba was a spit take. Mm. That's how he survived. That's, uh, he, <laughs> he was a spit. Spot number two. Get a nice shot of the... Jabba's Palace. Slave One. I am Boba Fett. The Book of Boba Fett. Streaming December 29th, only on Disney+. They have the same uh, same I am Boba Fett dialogue. Less, less dialogue heavy on this one. We get a few. Glim- that's all he says in the show. <laughs> I am Boba Fett. Um, I love my favorite thing. The opening shot is the uh, an almost mirror of the shot of in Return of the Jedi, where it's Luke Skywalker coming through the entrance of Jabba's palace. But in this case, it's uh, Boba Fett. I think it's well, it's two shadowy figures. Yeah, one of them's Boba Fett. I'm pretty sure. Um, and then we get to see a little bit more of this uh, street chase through. Well, it looks like Moss Eisley or Moss Espa. Uh, we see two dudes on like a foot on a foot chase. Beautiful wide shot of Jabba's palace, and then we get. I really think I wonder if this is Moss Espa. If you don't mind playing along with me, Bruce, the 13 second yeah. mark has has a wider shot of this desert city. It looks a lot yeah. like Moss Espa. Or maybe it's another city on Tatooine. But yeah, we get we get all the, we get the classics. They're feeding I mean, us. They all look the same. <laughs> yeah, they're feeding us the the iconic imagery. They're de- leaning into the OT stuff. The shot of Slave One. Um, we get the shot of uh, Witness the Return. We get the, we get a nice dinner table of a legend. I am Boba. Fett. I'm Boba. Fett. And we get like a cool shot of this fight scene. The wrist rockets. Smash cut. Boba Fett, streaming December 29th, only on Disney+. Plus. <coughs> Wait, who's Boba Fett? I am Boba Fett. Uh, so yeah, I'm hyped. I'm hyped. Are you hyped, Bruce? You can say no if you're not I'm hyped. hyped. I'm, I'm hyped. getting more hyped now as we're talking yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I've been hyped since last year when we found out about this. And I mean, yeah, you're right. When I saw the trailer, it there wasn't enough there that got me really hyped. I was just kind of like, okay, yeah, I'm ready for this. But I wasn't like, oh my gosh, this has raised my level. But you're right. I think some of these spots for TV have me more interested in it. Uh, I'm not know, sure what I'm it is. I'm really hoping we get into this and find there's something more. That, like They're really hiding some things from us that we're going to be just blown away by. I hope. Yes, I think, well, I think, and Robert Rodriguez is, is so gung-ho about it, but I just, I'm sure that there's a lot more to it than what we're seeing in these little glimpses if that makes sense um all right bruce let's do it we're gonna do our our year in review although maybe we'll do it kind of this way i think it could only be appropriate here we go unofficial 2021 state of the star wars union Imagine Bruce Gibson walking out to the podium, kissing some babies. Ah, 
I would be okay if you were like the president of Star Wars fandom, Bruce. I'm not going to lie. Really? Would you? <laughs> you would vote for me? I would vote. You have my vote. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'll well, we, take it. I did I'll, this, I'll run for president of fandom. I did this the very first year I ever did Star Wars Tonight, like the daily countdown podcast to the movies that I that we did back in the day. Um, and it was so much fun because it was kind of like just to take stock of where Star Wars is. And I think if you're going to do a year in respect re- retrospective, um, where do you see the, the, the state of the Star Wars union, the state of the franchise? And I think that's the best way to kind of kick off our, our highlights and lowlights. Um, and so the floor is yours, Bruce. Oh, my gosh. I say if I'm running for president of Star Wars fandom, it's because there needs to be change. We need to go back to the old ways. We need to be enthusiastic. We need to enjoy it. We need to respect one another. I'm putting policies on the table that is going to change the law of the land. Oh, so, wow. I, because I've heard you even talk about this on the show. I relate so much. I mean, I never, I've been you know, a fan of Star Wars mm-hmm. almost my entire life, but it's really in this past decade that I really got involved in fandom, mm-hmm. and the first half of it was great, and it's kind of gone downhill. I mean... I know listeners to the show and other fans that I know personally are still great, but it's just, you know, what I used to go online and just enjoy talking to so many people. Now there's just crap that comes out and I don't want to hear about, and I, I'm not, I'm not tweeting nearly as much as I used to, Yeah, you know? Hmm. And so, and, and, and what you're preaching is a, a return to civility. Yes. Hmm. Make Star Wars great again. (laughs) (laughs) That can be taken so many ways. (laughs) Purely in Star Wars context. No no real world political context right there. I was trying to like give some inspirational bed music for you there. Um, But no, I think, I think you're right. I think the, this, this, the Star Wars, the, the Star Wars storytelling has never been so diverse and never had so many, There've never been so many items before us at the Star Wars buffet. Star Wars has always been like a, a buffet of options, um, but I, I've I've kind of been this year able to maybe be pickier, but maybe get more nerdy and more into the things that I'm into when it comes to my Star Wars fandom. So a lot of that, like like Lego or the uh, the comics that, that that's been such a big thing for me recently so it's it's interesting to see where I've kind of noticed my fandom has gone and that's when I was when I was putting together like highlights of the year for me a lot of them aren't like the bad batch or like the biggest franchise release a lot of it was like uh, moments well I'll tell you my number one moment Bruce I, I didn't like list all of these best to worst but I didn't have a clear number one highlight of the year one of the top highlights of my Star Wars fandom ever and that was seeing John Williams in person at the Hollywood Bowl. It was amazing. That would be my highlight, but that didn't happen to me. Oh, well, I mean, it's, I don't think it'll, uh, I mean, I will uh, be overseas for the foreseeable future uh, starting next year. And I don't, I don't think I, I knew at the time there would be very unlikely that I'd ever have an opportunity like that again. So, um, yeah. Uh, my wonder, I'm glad my, you had that opportunity. My wonderful wife uh, bit the bullet, booked the tickets, so we flew across the country to go uh, visit and, uh, some family in LA and see John Williams at the Hollywood Bowl. And it was, I talked about it on the show, but it's, it's, it's surreal for all the reasons that it would be surreal, just because he's such a, um, a humble man, but with, uh, it, just when you see someone who has such an incredible body of work that's affected so many lives, 
creatively speaking and been so inspiring. It's, it's just, it's, it's just a, it's just one of those moments where you just appreciate being alive, especially this is post, uh, you know, one of the first, um, reopening post pandemic performances. So it was, it was quite incredible. So that has to be my, my number. Did you have any, did you have any like number one highlights, any big star Wars moments in the year, Bruce? You know, I, I hadn't thought of anything until you were talking and this does not sound like it's a huge star Wars moment, but in a lot of ways it is for me because I'm home a lot more. I'm not out as much because of the pandemic. I work from home. I, I, you know, sometimes I'm just at a point where it's like I have to get out of the house because I've been here for several days and I haven't even gone anywhere. Even yeah. today, you know, people are t- telling me, oh, it's so beautiful outside. The weather's really nice. I haven't stepped foot outside and now it's nighttime. You know, I, I missed <laughs> yeah. it. And but the times I do go out, a lot of times I'm wearing something Star Wars. I'm wearing a T-shirt or I'm wearing my hoodie. And almost, almost every time I go out, someone stops me and says, hey, man, oh, I love your shirt. Oh, hey, I love your hoodie. Oh, hey, yeah, Star Wars. And I mean, that just makes my day. Like every every time I go out, somebody says something. And I just yesterday went for my physical, you know. That's nothing fun to go do is go to the doctor, right? Well, then they wanted to take some chest x-rays. And the tech who's running the ch- said, hey, I, I, so when I went to get my chest x-rays, I wasn't wearing my shirt anymore or my hoodie. So I went into the lab. The guy's like, oh, I saw you come in. You were wearing a Star Wars hoodie. Nice. And it was really cool. And he starts talking Star Wars with me. And then when I go to leave, I showed him, I unzipped my hoodie and showed him I was wearing a Star Wars shirt. And then uh, somebody, some woman in the distance saw and she goes, that's so cool. And I'm like, you know, as much as I can say, Oh, you know, there's a lot of fandom that sucks right now, or it's not the same anymore. I just love the fact that when I can go into public, I get to talk to people that I would never talk to before, and we're celebrating Star Wars. That is my highlight of the year because I never get out, and when I do, I get those moments. Nice, that's awesome. That's awesome. I have noticed it too. Like there are more, um, I see more Star Wars T-shirts and stuff out in the wild. At the Disney parks, especially like uh, it's more of a, maybe it's just uh, because Star Wars is more integrated into the parks now, but uh, back in the day, even in Star Wars weekends and stuff, I would never see nearly as many um, folks representing the wars as I do just out in the streets. uh, Right. Which shows that it's still popular, you know, and it's growing in popularity because of that. If we're seeing more of that, (laughs) it's just because, I mean, I've always like worn Star Wars stuff, you know, but I just feel like, like lately I get even like going through a drive through. I had a guy in the drive through window. Like, hey, man, I love you. Like it happens all the time. And I don't remember it happening that often. Thanks. And so when people say like, oh, Disney has ruined Star Wars. Well, maybe for you, because maybe it's not quite the Star Wars anymore. Maybe this is a different type of Star Wars, but it's resonating. People yeah. are liking this type of Star Wars. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's, uh, I, it's always really encouraging to see, especially when I see dads and kids. Um, like at the Disney parks, which is, I actually have it here as one of the, uh, as one of my highlights. Cause I was thinking about like, so where is, where have I kind of, what have been my biggest moments as a fan this year? And like seeing John Williams, number one, um, the Disney parks is way up there because the, um, I've, I've gone uh, several times this year, um, because we're in a, a fairly close driving distance 
and 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 me and Savannah just love the parks, and it's it's become like a, a fairly regular part of our routine. To especially since her family's local, um, we've gone I want to say three or four times throughout the year this year, and it's just been really fun to experience Star Wars with her and with uh, other friends. Like most recently for the the Wine and Dine Festival, we went to the Food and Wine Festival and enjoyed Epcot, but we also went to Hollywood Studios and got to do Rise of the Resistance and some folks in our party had never had never been on it. And it's just such a mind blowing ride. It's um, as that that is the central greatest achievement of uh, Imagineering when it comes to Star Wars. Um, and, and so just experiencing that, that's, that was a regular part and a big, some big highlights in my year of fandom was heading down to galaxy's edge and experiencing uh, particularly rise of resistance. It's just been, um, that was a huge part of star Wars for me this year. I have not been on that yet. Um, we're going to Disney world next year in the summer. That's awesome. Uh, I have, I have business to do there. So, Hey, it all gets paid for. So that's nice. But, uh, I have heard similar things. I've heard so much about that ride from people who are not yep. even big Star Wars fans mm-hmm. that say it's incredible. You've got to see it. Yeah, no, it is. It is. So, it is a great experience. Um, the other one that I um, categorize in the highlights for me is the um, Star Wars weddings. <laughs> it's kind Wait, of what? It's, it's kind of a thing. <laughs> Um, I mean, so there wasn't really, there was, uh, we had our, uh, reception this year, um, our, our kind of first, which was the reception, um, slash wedding party, basically all the money we would have spent on the actual wedding was, was, (laughs) was just throwing a big, uh, party, uh, this year. And we did, I, um, we had a little bit of Star Wars. The main thing was we did the, uh, uh, a new hope walkout music. The uh, you know the throne room you you know this one is classic. So I had to of course if there was something I had to do it and I didn't tell anybody I just told it was on the DJ so it was a surprise not really a surprise to Savannah but it was funny because Aaron who's in the wedding party um, was there and I was like oh yeah no surprise there but then of course William Devereaux got married this year and did the same thing and I was like you copycat. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a classic. It's a it's the it's a pretty good one to use if you're going to use Star Wars song, a Star Wars song at, your, at a wedding. But it's funny. I was thinking about like how weddings are a big highlight of this year. Uh, my sister Bethany got married. She had some Star Wars music at the uh, reception. Um, so there's a there is a pretty hefty presence of Star Wars at weddings this year, which weddings are a big part of it. So I thought it would be worth uh, kind of reflecting on. I know you you and I Bruce talked about it briefly after the time, but. Uh, yeah it it was kind of strange the this past year with the weddings like you're saying because you know in our circle of friends you know the twi'leks of the night is what we call our friend group but (laughs) you don't talk about fight club what's that what you can't talk about fight club (laughs) (laughs) it's it you know you got married last year bethany and william got married this year i just saw william like about a month ago him and his new bride mm, were in nice. town and yep. we got together with them. So that was cool. But, uh, it is kind of strange how you guys are all getting married, you know, around the same time. And us old fogies like me have been married for quite a long time. youngster. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, 
Let's see. I've got a few. I've got a few more. Bruce, jump in if at any point if you have some that that you wanted well, let me, to. Let me throw this out there. Sure. This is really. I, I mean, I'm coming up with strange Star Wars stuff because I don't. I haven't been out much. Like I said, <laughs> I haven't gone to the parks. I haven't gone to a convention. I haven't gone to a screening or something like. Yeah. You know, there really isn't a whole lot except for what I'm watching on the screen. But I would say one highlight is you mentioned Aaron Goins. He had me on Star Wars Bookworm. Nice. And that was, see, I can't even say it, Star, <laughs> Star Wars Bookworms. Never heard of it. And <laughs> that was a highlight for me because I've been listening to that show almost, I guess, since the beginning. And mm. I've always been, you know, a fan of the show. I have a t-shirt of it. I know, you know, Aaron and Teresa. And, and uh, he's like, how come we haven't had you on the show? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. And what one of the highlights was that we went through the first whatever six issues of the high Republic. And mm. I think it was, uh, oh. into the dark that I read right before it. So like I had this whole week of just like, you know, just reading through high Republic and it got me really into it at that point. Like I started really. And so I enjoyed nice. the conversation with him and finally being on the show and stuff. So that kind of got me into the high Republic. I had read the, you know, the previous novel, like lie of the Jedi and other things, but that, it was that week that I got sold on to the High Republic. Oh, nice. Yeah, because for me, I put High, High Republic was definitely not on my list of, of, of favorites. And, and all you need to do is listen to my review of the first trade paperback of the High Republic comics, where I, I do kind of a page-by-page breakdown of why it's terrible. <laughs> But Which, see, I enjoyed it, but I think because of the order I read it in with the books, yeah, like it answered questions, and that's what worked for me. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I, for me, maybe it was the lack of context from the books that that didn't add to it. Uh, but I won't relitigate that here. But I, it is interesting because for me, I I did I've done two kind of stabs at the High Republic. One is the first trade paperback, um, and then two was uh, Light of the Jedi, and and uh, I'll just say say neither. neither were my cup of tea, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Although I wonder, I know volume two comes out at some point. I'm trying to remember that, and maybe I'll keep going. Maybe I'll keep punishing myself. Yeah, keep punishing yourself. <laughs> High Republic volume. Two. I wonder because I was trying to get a hold of what other trade paperbacks are because that's been a huge. Since we're talking about comics, like a huge yes. highlight for me was the was the main line of Star Wars comics, uh, Operation Starlight Beacon. I gosh, I think that's what it's called. Um, my God, I should have I should have actually had. I have the physical comic comics right over there but the, the the main star wars line of comics and then the um my poor brain is not functioning bruce help wasn't <laughs> something vader or yeah the vader the comics yeah that was well, definitely I, amongst my favorite the greg pack vader is, stuff this is my imitation of you riley okay because i've been talking to you for several years now okay and every year you'll say hey you know what i I really started getting into the comics. I was reading the comics, and you know what's really good? is the latest Darth Vader series. True story. You say that every year. It's, it's been the same for like the last, what, two or three years. Yeah, at least, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's not so recent now because I really started getting into comics at, at, at Goodfellow uh, in Texas, which has now been like three years ago. So in the yeah, grand scheme... I think scheme, you start and stop, right? Yeah, that's true. It, it, de- it depends. I, I don't read them issue to issue. I read them in trade paperbacks, so... 
Yeah. I, it, it makes me wonder. Yeah. High Republic Volume 2. Let's see what the old Amazon says. Volume 2 comes out December 7th. Well, very soon. It's oh, called the, the Heart of the Dringir. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> if you like plants, this oh, is for you. Jeez. It's the most Star Trekky Star Wars we've ever had, right, Bruce? Is it, if, regardless of whether you oh, like or dislike both. it, you, you do know both. So if there's one guy who could confirm this theory, but like, um, as the galaxy prepares to celebrate the Republic Fair. <laughs> That sounds like a lot of fun. We got a fair. <laughs> the Republic. On Valo. Popcorn and, you know, funnel cakes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Can, I, I would imagine that there's the, uh, you could probably get some blue milk. You could probably, I mean, I'm sure there's Ronto wraps there. In fact, the Republic Fair should be on Batu. That way they could do the Republic Fair event in the real world. Um, Wasn't the Republic Fair in the Rising Storm? Well, you probably haven't read that. I don't think. Right. Okay. You anyway, tell me. <laughs> the uh, where's the, Mark? The Jedi of Starlight Beacon must join voice forces with their most feared enemy to face the terror of the unstoppable Dringir horde. Yes. And as Avar, Chris, and her new allies fight nightmarish creatures on a lava world, the young Jedi Keeve Trinis puts everything on the line to save her former master from darkness but the scar didn't he die the, is he did he did he i don't remember lord hang on i can't remember he got his arm chopped off i remember that well and like halfway through the, that was my whole point is like halfway through the comic he like kind of goes dark and she tries to save him and he saves him and he's like conflicted and there's this there's this like beautiful moment where they kind of connect but then he just goes like dark again in the next issue and they like almost repeat the same story character arc for him twice in a row in the first six issues it was it was confusing uh, yeah. it was weird I, yeah am i going crazy the, i i should no i i don't remember what happened to him at the end because i haven't kept up with the series because i was going to wait till the next trade paperback to read so I'm, yeah, I'm no, like you, I wasn't going to go issue by issue. Oh, I was going to wait. So that's why I'm excited. Here's, I'm giving you the invitation. Can we please just, I want specifically you and me to break down the High Republic Heart of Drin gear. Um, okay. Here we go. The scars run deep. Meanwhile, who or what is the great progenitor? Pro, progenitor? 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 <clears throat> that one the pro janitor uh, the, pro <laughs> the professional uh and the will and the will uh and will the jedi find other forces are at work on the dringer's death world see there's more to it than you think guest starring ready comac vetus wreath silas and orla Janeri, jedi Wayseeker from the blockbuster novel star wars the high republic into the dark Anyway, so it collects, it collects issues 6 through 10. Perfect. I'm pre-order. Perfect. I'm pre-ordering it right now. Why am I doing this to myself? Anyway. Because you're a completist. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. All right. Uh, <clears throat> I, I digress. What was I talking about? Comics. So, yes, Vader comics, still good. Um, but it changes every year. It's like a different run every time. But Greg Pak's run is, is the current... Um, the current set and, and the, um, I, I love the Padme subplot. It's pretty fascinating. 
I'll just put it that way. And the next uh, round of uh, Vader comics, I think he comes to confront Sabe. Come on. Little handmade Ooh. action of Vader versus the uh, the assassin handmade. They should call. It, they should do a Star Wars comic called A Handmaid's Tale. That'd be but a Star Wars version of it. That'd be pretty, I love that. That would be yes, pretty great. They need to do that. So there we go. That's the the comics biggest recommendations. I think um, I'm going to rapid fire through a couple of others. I've talked a lot about um, Star. My sort of um, return to Star Wars Lego collecting and my Star Wars Lego hobby reaching its apex of uh, the Millennium Falcon Ultimate Collector series. The build continues. I just finished step because you know they're divided into steps step seven of 17 <laughs> i've been at this for like two months bruce um so that means well, i'm a lot to do well I, it was the jowls i set up the sort of the the foundation of each of the mandibles if you will the so i have the sort of full frame is fully formed so you get a real sense of appreciation for the sheer as luke skywalker could say look at the size of that thing uh it's it's humongous um, it takes up like most of the dining room table when I sit it down. <laughs> um, and, so I'm still and building. Savannah's away. good with that, huh? No, she's not. I mean, yes, I, <laughs> we negotiated. <laughs> we had actually a renegotiation of how this process is going to go. Because at first, for like the first, I want to say almost like a few weeks, maybe a month, it was just sitting on the dining room table, and ain't no eating or uh, you know evening meals being consumed in peace and quiet at the dining room table. The dining room table was lost to my Lego project and realizing just how long this thing is going to take me, which is to say the earliest I'll finish this thing is before new year's. It'll probably be into January. I have it set up to where I'll do one step at a time. So I open all the bags for step seven. I build step seven and then I take the millennium Falcon frame back into the bedroom and put it on top of its uh, box and then when I'm ready to do step eight, I pull it out and we'll redo step eight. Because that's about, usually each step takes about, is about four or five bags of Lego. And that takes about two to three hours to build. And there's 17 steps. Mm. That's telling, that's, that's the, a lot. It's, it's, it's a lot of Lego and it's a lot for my poor wife. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She's a real trooper. A real storm <laughs> Yes, she is. <laughs> So there you go. There you go. That's 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 the apex of my Star Wars Lego fandom continues. Um, and then, you know, I'll toss out a mention since you mentioned it, Bruce. Um, I'm going to do a shout out. And I'll throw links into the episode show notes. But uh, I had a great time appearing on Rule the Galaxy podcast. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I went on and did a very long uh, kind of in-depth interview with the Wampus Lair guys, kind of talking about the uh, the Riley Blanton podcast retirement uh, I really enjoyed that. I listened to that. Oh, that was good. good. Nice. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to do. And it was a lot easier to kind of talk about and reminisce about fandom and, and kind of the state of fandom on a format that's not this show hosted by other people. It was much more kind of back and forth conversation, which was nice. Yeah, I mean, it was nice to hear that, you know, because I related to a lot of that and just hearing you guys talking about it. But also, you know, you're wrapping up the Star Wars report. So, it was also interesting just to hear you talking about the days of starting it, you know, in the yes, early days yes. of your fandom and getting into all this. And I mean, I've heard some of it before, but there were some elements I hadn't heard before. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. If you haven't heard that episode, I'll link to it in the show notes for, for this one. But um, 
I'm trying to remember what the episode title was. It's a, it's a, if you go back in the Wampus Lair feed, you, you'll find it. Um, and then, um, the other, the other big highlight of the year that I think has to be way up there when it comes to fandom is the other podcast that I've both appeared on, but have produced and edited this entire year, which is Beltway Banthas, um, which has been in the, in the lead up to, uh, Stephen Kent's, uh, book release. He's the host of the podcast. He and I have become fast friends in the process. It's been a lot of fun to kind of produce a more, a much more, um, uh, prepared format and a much more, um, segmented professional formatted and edited podcast. Uh, a narrative style, if you will, where each each episode has a very specific kind of theme and discussion, uh, an ex- an interview, and kind of cutting together the story and cutting together different clips that kind of fit into a narrative. It's it was it's been a lot of fun to to build on that and to contribute to what ultimately became and and what Stephen was working on this whole time, uh, how the Force can fix the world, uh, which is out today on bookshelves which yours truly got a nice little shout out at the in the books that's a nice nice little uh, touch there I, I listened to the entire book while i ran my first marathon literally like i'd listened to maybe an hour of the six hour audiobook that i listened to five hours of the uh of the audiobook while i was running my first marathon a, f- yeah, <laughs> a few weeks cool. ago so it was because yeah, uh, steven reads it right he is the narrator he is the uh, he is the narrator yeah. yeah so i have the book but i haven't seen it yet because i ordered it on amazon i pre-ordered it uh-huh. and then it arrived and it got mixed in with the christmas stuff that has arrived oh and my wife got hold of it and she and i realized because i knew it arrived and i was like oh my gosh i think she thinks she ordered it for me for christmas and so I let a few days go by, and then <laughs> she hilarious. says, by the way, uh, you got a book the other day, and I wasn't sure. Did you order that for me to give it to you for Christmas? Because I wrapped it, but I can <laughs> give it back to you. And I'm like, nah, it's all right. You should just, I'll wait till Christmas. There you go. There you <laughs> so go. I'm going to. I'm not going to read it till then. So, it's yeah. it's a it's a quick read in a good way. I think Stephen kind of distills a lot of the uh, – core principles of star wars empathy redemption hope and kind of breaks down different examples from the from the galaxy and 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 reflects uh and reflects and compares um the lessons learned and the messages from the uh story of star wars and how it can kind of how we can relate that to real world political and cultural um you know, issues today. So yeah. it's a really well done. I've already, I've, we've had Steven on recently a couple times. I, I can't endorse it enough. If you haven't, and you're still looking for Christmas presents for a star Wars fan, uh, do it, uh, do it. Um, I think I'm going to read it when I eat. Cause it, I just realized anytime I see Steven, it's always over food. We're always eating. <laughs> nice. Even when I go to DC, I meet him out for dinner he and his wife or whatever. Or nice. he comes to it. Last time I saw him was with you. Yep, yep. And Savannah, Dragon Con. It was Dragon Con. And yep. we were eating barbecue. Amen. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen, brother. Uh, yeah, that was, it, that was, and it's a, such an accomplishment for, for him. He, he and I have talked about some of these concepts, and I'm glad somebody wrote this book, and, and he's like the guy to do it. Um, yeah. So I think, I think really, um, that, 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 that puts together the highlights of the, of this year for me, the biggest wins. There's a few more things that we'll, we'll touch on. Um, Bruce, but I, I wanted to kind of uh, put the context on, on on looking at these highlights as I was writing them out. I thought it was it was interesting which ones really jumped out to me the most when I was thinking about like just what parts of this year um, were the most meaningful uh, 
to my Star Wars fandom. And I, I realized it really has been a reflection, even in an era where in-person events, normally th- something like a Star Wars celebration or Dragon Con or something like that would be the big highlight. Um, in the absence of that, um, I've, I've noticed the, the, the fact that I, this is also the year I sort of um, disconnected from social media. It really influenced some of these other highlights of the year, like getting back in. It's actually sort of freed up time and mental energy for me to just kind of do Star Wars things that, and I talk about this in the Wampus Lair episode, Star Wars things that aren't um, content related. And, uh, and, and like when I say content, I'm not just talking about recording a podcast, but like feeling like something you're doing Star Wars has to be like documented and shared um, to the world and and that's the context through which you experience your Star Wars fandom. So like things like building the Lego Millennium Falcon and stuff like that. It's not like I'm live streaming the build on Twitch or something like that. You know, it's been it's by disconnecting from social media. I actually think that it's allowed me to sort of find new avenues of Star Wars fandom that are disconnected from performance which might be kind of weird to some of you guys listening but i actually think it might connect with a lot of you because even if you don't have a podcast it's you all of us i think have at some point in some ways been sucked into the um our fandom becomes performative and becomes uh tribal because it's our fandom is experienced through the lens of social media so i think that i i kind of have to mention that to kind of wrap up the the highlights of the year when I think about the best things in my, in, in my star Wars fandom this year were had nothing to do with, um, the social media or hashtag content. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Like whether it's seeing John Williams or going to the Disney parks or the weddings or star Wars Lego, it's kind of, it's just kind of interesting. I've noticed that that's been a big difference for me this year. And it's like, uh, it's the opposite for me. Cause I haven't, gone and done anything (laughs) star wars you know it's interesting that you've had all those opportunities and that's great especially since you're about to go through another life change and and moving away and stopping this podcast this is like the last star wars year like this yeah for you and you're taking full advantage of it yeah no i i am i am it's it's been it's been a good time so let's talk about what sucked <laughs> no, I interesting. I put chaotic neutral is I put Bad Batch and Star Wars Visions. There are things I loved about both and things that just didn't connect with me at all about both. I thought it was because those are really the flagship um, Disney Plus series of the year so far until we get to the Book of Boba Fett. And I thought it was kind of interesting. I was thinking about my coverage. I was going back and looking at the year and some of my coverage of the Bad Batch early on. And it really did have some of the Clone Wars-itis, some of the... Uh, worst problems of Clone Wars kind of re-manifested themselves when it comes to the dreaded quote-unquote filler episodes. Um, but I, yeah. but it also had some incredible moments, and I really do like all the characters, and I'm excited to see what they do with them in season, in season two. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed The Bad Batch. I think I enjoyed it as much as I thought I would, because I heard some good things behind the scenes that was like, you know, a, trust me, I think you're going to like this. Yeah. And I did, but, um, yeah, but with any series, there's going to be highs and lows in episodes, but for the most part, I enjoyed the majority of the episodes a lot and enjoyed the series and can't wait, can't wait for it to come back. And I actually did enjoy Visions. I think I like Bad Batch better because it's yeah. just 
seems more of your traditional Star Wars and like the Clone Wars. But with Visions, I really enjoy the different, quote, visions yeah. of Star Wars, like playing in a universe where you take a different take on it and and do it in that manner uh, that's just a different style. And there's some, again, there were some episodes I really liked and others that didn't like quite so much. I know you like the the rock concert. Oh, that was my favorite one. Not even gonna lie, my favorite one. So <laughs> much see, fun. That was like one of my least favorite ones. <laughs> it's just so goofy. <laughs> it's so freaking goofy. No, I mean maybe there was the um, other lightsaber crystal the lightsaber maker one, like the yes. the saber smith. Um, that was a really good episode. There are a couple like pretty good ones. You know, I never watched the last episode though. I need to go back and watch it. That's oh t- yeah, you got terrible, yeah, terrible like for me to admit. Um, yeah. There's one more. There's one more element of the year that I have to talk about, Bruce, though. Because, um, I, like I say, I don't really have any lowlights, per se. I, I mean, except for I didn't like the High Republic stuff. But whatever, that's fine. I, I will say this has been a fascinating year of cancellations. Oh, gosh, Not yes. just not political cancellations. We won't go there. <laughs> no, no, no. Not uh, culture, cancel culture, anything like that. No. Well, and a lot of um, it's been forgotten, but some of the stuff I was personally most excited for um, was all canceled. And and I and here's I, here's the list, and I'll, I'll kind of dig into these a little bit. But I say canceled or or long term delayed. And one is the like I don't know if this game's ever coming out, but Lego Star Wars the the Skywalker Saga. Oh, that got canceled. No, it got delayed again. <laughs> Which oh. makes me think this thing's never going to happen because it was originally slated to be released end of 2020. We are now more than a year later and it was delayed again. Um, it, it's, oh, gosh, I'm trying to That's remember. That's really missing the mark, right? Well, I mean, come on. It's like, I can see there's a delay. Oh, they're behind on the you know production of it. But yeah. I mean, you would know if you're a year or more behind. <laughs> You know, it's like you're really, really behind. What is the delay? So why, why delay it? I wanted to pull up this article. Uh, gosh, let me let me find it here because there's been several de- delays. Um, is Disney bearing the sequel trilogy? I it makes you wonder, doesn't it? I expected we'd have more sequel trilogy things after the trilogy came out, and it's like nothing. So it. Because here's the thing. So I'm a big Lego Star Wars guy. I grew up with the games. Love the Lego Star Wars games. They're always so much fun to play. And so what was exciting was th- their gameplay mechanics haven't really changed all that much. Um, but the Skywalker Saga was the first one that was going to kind of incorporate some more open world, Minecrafty kind of elements into it, which made me really excited. Um, and they, they were showing off a lot of gameplay footage and trailers. And... But but yet it has been constantly um, delayed, uh, and I and I still don't understand the full reasons why. I was trying to find this article that I had earlier. Lego Star Wars. Maybe I mean maybe I'll be able to find it here. But do you think it's because of the of, of a kind of bearing of the sequel trilogy? I I don't know. I mean, the fact that it it's the entire saga. I mean, if you want to market this, you can, you don't want to focus on the sequel trilogy. You can just focus on the others, but yeah, I don't know. I I just feel like, 
you know, when, if you have such a big trilogy like this that comes out and you have this whole younger generation that grew up with the sequel trilogy, I would think that you would be coming out with new content and new product that's still about Ray and Finn and Kylo Ren. Uh-huh. And I've not really seen much of that. Yeah, no, I, I, the last official word we had was back in April, which was when they were originally, they were originally fragged for a spring release. And they just put a, out a statement on the T, uh, Telltale Games Twitter saying, all of us at TT Games are working hard to make LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga the biggest and best ever LEGO game, but we're going to need more time to do it. We won't be able to make our intended spring release date, but we'll, we'll provide an updated launch timing as soon as possible. And it's, it's built for Switch, PlayStation 4, 5, and the new Xbox. So it's all all the newest generation. It's going to be one of the first Star Wars games, maybe the first Star Wars games on the the new generation of consoles. But um, the most recent game before that was the Force Awakens, Lego Star Wars Force Awakens. Um, so I, I it makes it just makes me wonder what the issue is. Um, yeah, yeah uh, I have no. But idea. that's kind of yeah. the theme here. So, <clears throat> if you're well, yeah, a Star Wars gamer, it's been a rough. It's been a rough year because the other element of Star Wars gaming is the death behind the scenes of Battlefront Three. Um, Battlefront, the franchise that can never get a third installment. So back in the original run, they actually had uh, developed pretty far into Battlefront Three after 2005. 2005's very popular hit game, Battlefront Two. I played it for many many hours in high school. It was so much fun. And they had the mechanics built. Um, I'm trying to remember the studio they had. I think it, Respawn was the studio that took it over. And they actually made like a, a dedicated PSP version of the game as a little spinoff to salvage it. But the developer that was originally building it went under. The Battlefront Three curse, as we can now call it, has continued because EA constantly... There's rumors back and forth, back and forth. Is EA going to make another Battlefront? Are they gonna, going to make another Battlefront? Um, EA has had an exclusive Star Wars licensing deal for games, um, and the only games they made were Battlefront, Battlefront 2, and then most recently, the very popular hit, Jedi Fallen Order. It was a huge deal for them. It did very well. Um, but all of those games sold very well. In fact, Battlefront 2 is probably one of the greatest comeback stories in gaming. Bruce, we've talked about this, but the it, it had a terrible press and a terrible launch um but it came back and they did great content and then they built a pretty good community around it and it's a great game um it was released in what 2017 so about four years ago and so ever since then have been the rumors are they going to do a battlefront 3 and um there were there were I've read some background rumors that they've worked on it. They've done some pitches. They never got that far in development, but instead dice, the developer uh, that was working on behalf of EA uh, is instead shifted their focus. Their next game is going to be a battlefield sequel, which essentially confirms that they're not going to do battlefront three. So it's essentially the death of battlefront three. Um, and uh, what might be the death of Lego star Wars, which just makes me a little sad. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't understand all that. Uh, yeah, what? I mean, those are very popular games. The Lego Star Wars is huge. Battlefront's yeah. huge. Why not do those? 
Especially you now. Like, yeah. No, I think, I, and we'll never truly know. I think there's a lot of criticism of how EA has handled the Star Wars license. I, for one, think they've made a series of great Star Wars games, and I just want them to continue. I don't have that many. They had the big thing was sort of the, the money grab element of, and it was a trend at the time, but making a lot of the features and skills and upgrades in the Battlefront 2 um, pay to play. And they actually, in, due to response from the community, actually changed that. But it was such a controversy at the time in the gaming community that it really impacted a, a rough launch for, for what ended up being a great game. I don't know if you ever played much Battlefront 2, Bruce, but it's, it's just a fun game. It's, it, no, the most I ever played it was at your house. Yeah, uh, and that wasn't much. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's. I think it's. They just do a a great job of perfecting the mechanic of just dropping into a Star Wars battle. It's it, they yeah. they perfected the the formula. So, um, there they there's a lot of opportunity, and for those of us that liked it, they had um a lot of characters that they were continuing to add to the game, and scenarios, and new levels, and new battlefronts that they would add when the the Last Jedi came out, and then Rise of Skywalker, they added content. Um, it was it was a lot of fun and and but they know and they were working on some Clone Wars content for it before they stopped supporting the game or uh, a few weeks. So I, I digress. It's it's just an interesting element to me that I think the from a licensing and development perspective in terms of gaming, it's interesting that just I, I feel like Lucasfilm has struggled and and not them directly. They're not the developers, but it's just like writ large. That's kind of where the responsibility lies for. There's this a huge contingent of Star Wars gamers that have been very underserved in recent years, and I think this year has kind of served as a reminder. And we've talked about like uh, Rangers of the New Republic is canceled. That's more due to more real world political issues. We've got the, um, of course, uh, Rogue Squadron, uh, which was also uh, delayed, prob- delayed, probably canceled, but yeah, delayed. apparently, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, what I, is going on? I want a new Star Wars movie. So I think, I think it's twofold. One, we know too much about all this stuff now, right? All this stuff leaks, so all this spaghetti get, that gets thrown at the wall, we 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 hear about it. And we're like, oh, I wanted that spaghetti, but the spaghetti never never worked out. And so I think before there's just under more lock and key, but there's still a lot of spaghetti they're throwing at the wall that I'm very excited about. So this is a. I think sometimes people try to build a narrative out of like Kathleen Kennedy or Lucasfilm don't know how to, they can't be trusted to develop Star Wars. And I mean, they can't, you know, all of these, look at all these directors and movies that have crashed and burned. And yes, that's true, but they've put out some great movies too. And what's on the, what's on the calendar is what I'm excited about. We're going to do a whole uh, dedicated episode to kind of breaking down what's coming in the future, but just the sheer amount of content, even if they only make half of the stuff that they've announced, like they've still got so here. Are you ready? Here's the laundry list. Get ready, folks. Uh, if you take if you're taking notes, get ready at home. You got Obi Wan Kenobi. You got the Taika Waititi film Ahsoka. You got the Lando series that was still announced. The Andor series. We know that's coming next year. Acolyte, a droid story, the comedy series. I haven't heard people talking about it, but it's still announced. We got Bad Batch season two. Of course, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser opens up at the parks next year. You've got the ongoing comic series which are killing it war of the bounty hunter series and the next year's the crimson rain where they're tying in the vader comics and the star wars comics and the dr afra series all together i love what they've been doing with that they basically storylines that all have a connection in some in some kinds so we've got you know uh war of the bounty hunt vader uh war of the bounty hunters and you've got the star wars war of the bounty hunters line 
Um, so it's, it's, I'm really excited for that. You've got nonfiction stuff that I'm excited next year. You've got the, the art of book, some more art of books, Mandalorian season two, Star Wars visions. You've got the brotherhood book, shadow of the Sith, a bunch of Star Wars novels, a bunch of high Republic stuff that of course I don't care about. And the KOTOR remake. Whew. Huh. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to that novel, the Luke and Lando novel that takes place before the mm-hmm. sequel trilogy. Isn't that Shadow of the Sith? I think that's Shadow of the Sith. Is that the one? Yeah, that's Shadow I of the Sith. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, Shadow of the so Sith. I think, yeah. I don't think that Luke Skywalker and Lando Calrissian return in this essential novel set between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. The Empire is dead. Yeah. Two decades after the Battle of Endor, the tattered remnants of Palpatine's forces have fled to the farthest reaches of the galaxy. I'm excited about that. That looks pretty yes, good. Yes, me too. Yeah. So yeah. there's you know, a lot to be excited about. I haven't watched about. this year is the Halloween Lego special. Oh, I you haven't? Oh, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I need to do that. I keep forgetting about it. Apologies, but, by the way. I keep, I have, I've, I've, I'm getting over something and I keep coughing and I've mostly used my coughing button, but it's, it's been hard to catch a few times. <laughs> well, just, you've been doing good. I've I been trying. Really that oh, and then not to forget Jedi Fallen Order 2 is coming out. That's in development. So. Oh, I didn't even know about that. Yeah, that is in okay. development. Um, they haven't announced it, announced it. I think they might have said they're developing it. They haven't released a trailer or anything official. Um, but I would expect them too soon. Is that siren in the background meaning we're over? Yep. Uh, that that siren means we've got to kill the show. I feel like we should just do it with the throne room. Can you imagine in the middle, like, Luke, Lando... Well, not Lando. Luke and Han and Leia, and they're all in the room, and then, like, one random rebel soldier is like, Hey, you forgot! You forgot to! You forgot to! Uh, turn in your keys. Your car's going up. Anyway, I tried. It's a. I tried to tie in real world. I think is it still there? Are they good? Are they good? All right. Yep. No, they're good. That's gonna wrap up another episode of the Star Wars Report podcast. This has been episode Lord. I don't even know. Episode four hundred eighty-two, four hundred eighty-three, one of those. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a raucous in time, Mr. Bruce Gibson. Tell the good people where they can find you on the internet. I you can find me on Twitter at Admiral underscore Rex. That's Admiral underline Rex. And I also do a show, a podcast called Positively Track. So check that out. And uh, yeah, that's that's where I am. You can also email me at. Uh, Admiral underscore Rex at yahoo.com. Ooh, and this nice. looks like this is episode 483. I, ju- yeah, I just looked at it. Yeah, 483. Yeah. That means there are 18 episodes left in the podcast. Bruce, there are some days where I'm like, oh, am I going to make it? Am I going to make it to 501? <laughs> There's some days I'm like, is Riley going to ever ask me back? <laughs> <laughs> well, the proof's in the pudding. You've been back. You are the pudding of the Star Wars Report podcast. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, hey, follow the show. It's at Star Wars Report on Twitter, uh, facebook.com slash Star Wars Report. Shoot us an email, Star Wars Report at gmail.com. You can do that wherever you listen to the podcast. Send us a farewell iTunes review. Why not? I say iTunes review. It's not even iTunes anyway. The Apple Podcast app. If you listen to us there, Stitcher, anywhere you listen, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. I don't know. I don't know where you guys listen, man. If you listen on the web browser, 
I always would look at our our stats and I would see like some number of folks who just listen to the podcast through the website. It's like, you know what, you guys, you go. You go. You're just sitting there listening from the old website. It works. Uh, folks, until next time, may the force be with you. And remember, many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. That's a show. Woohoo! Woohoo! Uh, let me, I'm going to stop the...